Hello, hello, and welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin. And I'm Manasa, and today we're discussing chapters 7 through 9 of The Lightning Thief. We have another doozy of an episode. I think that they're all just going to continually, there's so much information in each chapter, and they get bigger and busier. It's just going to be worse and worse. Well, I think that the chapters will get just more action-packed, so we can kind of summarize that a little bit easier. But this, these three were just like info dumps. You were so, like, right, you said Annabeth is just a vessel for information. Yeah, 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 she's she's a great info dumper, and it's in character, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. These chapters were really fun. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the camp vibe, and it's so sad because throughout the entire series, I think he spends a total of two weeks at camp. Mm-hmm. Like, all yep. five books, yeah. Yeah, he spends no time. Well, he we know he does spend time there, but we don't get to see it in all the books. Yeah. I want to know more about what goes on. He has too many quests. I love how they're too like, no one gets quests. a quest. And then Except Percy. Percy. <laughs> constantly, constantly. He's like, can't I just go to camp and like sit on a canoe? <laughs> Absolutely not. You have yep. to go fight monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Percy. Ugh, the life of a hero. Ugh, must be nice. Also not, not nice. So it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to give us our overall quick summary of the next three chapters? Yeah, sure. So just a reminder that I am doing even chapters and Aaron is doing odd chapters. So um, Aaron will be taking kind of the majority of chapters today, this episode yes. in general. Yeah. So these informations fill chapters. We learn who Percy's father is, why it's important, and finally what the title of the book actually means. So chapter seven is titled My Dinner Goes Up in Smoke. So this chapter picks up right where we left off. We left off with the with the bathroom exploding and like Annabeth's kind of giving Percy a tour. So Annabeth is finishing up Percy's tour of the campgrounds and Percy is feeling pretty like awkward about what just happened with the toilets exploding. And so he apologizes, like she's like all soaked and he's totally dry and he feels bad and she he apologizes for it and she just looks at him skeptically and says, you need to talk to the Oracle. So Annabeth is clearly clued in on the fact that Percy is really powerful. He could be a kid of a big three, even though nobody else seems to put that together, except for I guess Chiron does, but you know. No, Annabeth has <laughs> the brain cell of the entire camp. Like she is the only one. Yeah, yeah. She's the only one who knows what's going on. Yeah. But Percy is still just like overall really, really confused. And everyone keeps dropping names that he doesn't know. He's had a long day. He doesn't know what the heck an oracle is, what Annabeth is talking about. He kind of thinks all these people are just crazy. So he tells Annabeth that he just wants to go home. And she says, don't you get it, Percy? You are home. This is the only safe place on earth for kids like us. And Percy, What a natu- depressing thought. Like the place that he's not having fun is like the only place he can be. I know. <sighs> Poor Percy. Poor Percy. And so Percy, of course, doesn't understand what (laughs) she means by that. And he says, kids like what? And so she gives him a look and is like, half human. And Percy says, half human, half what? (laughs) Goat. Half goat, Percy. We're all satyrs. I just think that's hilarious because he 
I mean, he's picked up on the, all the kids at this camp are demigods, except for him, apparently. He thinks that he's just Percy, child of Sally Jackson, and that's all. I think we are just assuming so much of, like, okay, if someone said, okay, you're half demigod, I would immediately believe it because I am a character in a, you know, fantasy hero novel. <laughs> but at the same time, like... He doesn't know that. He's just yeah. like, I am son of Sally. Like, this is the most I know. I love it. So Percy officially learns that he himself is a demigod. And so is Annabeth. She tells him that her dad is a mortal professor at West Point and her mother is Athena, the goddess of wisdom and battle. Annabeth tells Percy that he won't know who his parent is until he's claimed. And a lot of kids, it turns out, never get claimed, which is so sad. <laughs> That's just like the feeds into the deadbeat dad narrative very well. Yeah. Didn't think I picked up on that much of the first time because I was like, I get it, they're gods. And now as an adult, I'm like, come on. But I wonder if like the kids who are unclaimed, like, do they know who their parent, like, you've got to have an idea. There's only 12 options and you can narrow out like Hera and, and the big three and you can, you can narrow out, oh, and, and Artemis has a cabin and she doesn't have any kids. It, I feel like it would be clear. Just like you'd maybe know, like, if you were really hot, you'd be like, my mom's Aphrodite, but she won't freaking claim me. So I have to live with these Hermes kids. Like, that sucks. <laughs> well, also, like, what if you're not an Olympian? Like, Annabeth yeah. mentions, like, maybe you're just, like, the daughter or son of Nemesis. Like, it doesn't yeah. mean that you are, like, an Olympian. Which makes mm-hmm. it a lot more complicated because you can try to like put yourself in one of like the eight spots and it doesn't work. Yeah, and that ends up uh, creating more of a rift later on in the series with like children of the, the lesser gods. Annabeth continues to be a great storytelling device for world building because she just info dumps on Percy. But it fits because she's a know-it-all, which makes me think like, is that why there's the trope of like the know-it-all best friend in like every book because you need someone to give you the information probably oh 100 percent. it's also like the the person if you can expect that your audience is going to be also clueless mm-hmm. you can have like the snoot so then the author doesn't come across of like well you should yeah. have this it's like oh my best friend is telling me who is snooty and we kind of don't like her it's fine yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> And so Annabeth tells him that his ability to, because Percy is kind of like, I want to live a normal life, can I leave? And Annabeth says that his ability to live a normal life depends on his parents. So we learn that children of the less powerful gods, like Aphrodite or Demeter, don't attract as many monsters. And then when they're all at camp, the border keeps them safe. And Annabeth herself is a year-rounder because too many monsters chase her. Um, And she's been at camp every day since she was seven. And Percy tries to find out why, and she shuts him down. And so Percy then changes the subject, and he remembers that back in the sick room, while he was really out of it and kind of thought he was hallucinating, Annabeth mentioned the summer solstice. And he asks her about that, and she's all like, what? What do you know? And he's like, well, nothing. And he tells her about what he overheard Grover and Chiron talking about back at Yancey when he was spying on them and was mostly fixating on the fact that Grover was talking behind his back. Oh, yeah. He's just like, I don't know, they mentioned some deadline approaching. And so Annabeth mentions that the last time she was on Olympus, everything seemed so normal, even though now something is clearly wrong. And we learn that apparently... 
demigods just go to Olympus sometimes. And herself, Luke, Clarice, and some of the other year-rounders got to go on a field trip to Olympus for the winter solstice. Annabeth clearly really wants a quest and wants to figure out what's going on and help, but nobody will tell her. And then Percy's stomach rumbles and she's like, go on, go eat, I have to go train. So he goes back to cabin 11 and has a nice bonding chat with Luke, child of Hermes. So Luke sympathizes with Percy feeling like he doesn't belong at this camp. Percy even, he notes a bitterness in Luke's voice. And when he asks if Luke has ever met his dad, Luke says once, but he doesn't elaborate at all. And so Percy takes this opportunity to ask Luke some questions because he's still really rightfully confused. He asks Luke what Big Three material means because that's something Clarice like made joked about him being Big Three material in the previous chapter. And he asks what Annabeth meant about talking to the Oracle. So Luke explains that he hates prophecies because the last, last time he quote, messed up things up for everybody else. So we learn that Luke was actually the last person to go on a quest from Camp Half-Blood and it was two years ago. He went to the Garden of Hesperides and things went sour, and Chiron has since banned quests. And Annabeth really, really wants a quest, and she unrelentlessly bothered Chiron about getting one until Chiron snapped and told her he'd already had a prophecy from the Oracle that said she had to wait until somebody special came to camp. So now Annabeth's been really excited anytime anyone new is coming to camp, and Luke explains all this to Percy. So clearly Annabeth is thinking that Percy could be the someone special, um, and Percy Ooh. is her way. <laughs> Percy is her way to get a quest. I really want to say kudos to uh, pronouncing that word correctly. The garden. I don't know if it was it correct. I think Hesperides. I feel it's correct. Okay, I would have thank immediately you. just stared at it like I just did, and just you would have no. been like Hesperides. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Hesperides. <laughs> I don't know I could be really wrong too but it feels Greek when I say yeah. it I'm like ah oh, yes <laughs> also just like Annabeth being just so obnoxious is my favorite thing because she's Same. not perfect she's very like an imperfect obnoxious 12 year old like exactly how I would imagine a child of Athena who is 12 to be and I love to see how they grow together like Percy yes. becomes a lot calmer and Annabeth becomes a lot more like selfless also calmer, too. She's yeah. real high-strung. She's real high-strung. <laughs> she chills. Well, a little bit. Well, they, they, they become calmer in opposite ways. Like, Percy becomes yes. calmer. Like, he thinks before he, like, acts a little bit. Not very much. And mm -hmm. Annabeth starts, like, doing things and letting things go a little bit more. Yeah. 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 It's very cool to watch them grow in that way. And I just yeah. love how they're portrayed at the beginning because I think it's, like, easy to get lost in, like, the the way the, like, the fandom depicts characters and yeah. it's fun it's always fun to just remember that they're all flawed little beans especially and I when love they're them. little they're, they're little beans. Bitty. Yeah. yeah i love them and then the final bit of the chapter to percy's hungry stomach's relief they finally go to dinner at the pavilion which percy has been hungry this whole chapter so i feel very bad for him and all, when he's there they all like apparently regularly before every meal they toast to the gods and so percy like raises his glass and in his head he secretly toasts to his mom Aww. which is so cute we stand and I love it. sally jackson forever where's the sally jackson cabin that's what i want to know 
While he's toasting to her, he's thinking about his plans to go to the underworld and save her. And how, like, the underworld, if all this stuff exists, the underworld must exist. And so he's gonna get his mom. And he notices that before everyone starts to eat, so he's he's ready to finally dig into his food and eat. And then he's like, wait, why is everyone not eating and getting up? And it turns out before they can even eat their food, they have to toss a bit, the best bit of their food, into the fire before eating. As a burnt offering to the gods. And they have to do it to their parent. And Percy doesn't know who his parent is, so he kind of reluctantly tosses food in and is like, whoever you are. Which just, I'm just like, the gods are such, they don't even claim their kids. But they're like, you have to give me the best fry on your plate. Like... <laughs> It's just like reminding you that, you know, I might not be there, but I want you to resent me forever. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yep. And the chapter finally comes to an end with Mr. D announcing that Capture the Flag is happening on Friday, and Percy drifts off to sleep that night, and the last sentence of the chapter is very ominous, saying, I wish I'd known how briefly I would get to enjoy my new home. I love how, like, the name of the chapter is, like, the last two paragraphs of what happens in the chapter i know usually this one like, really yeah <laughs> usually it's like the main event of the chapter but this one it's it's kind of a side note at the end of the chapter maybe you just thought that the the chapter title would be funny for the children exactly for the yeah. youths for yes the youths. so i have a couple just a couple of notes on this chapter the first thing just to casually point out is that like, one of the, f the first sentence of the chapter is that word of the bathroom incident spread immediately. So everyone knows this happened. And mm -hmm. still, no one is like, this is a child of Poseidon. Well, I don't they mean don't they even... assumed toilets and Poseidon. And probably they were really yeah. preoccupied being like, that was our only bathroom. <laughs> Where are we gonna go? <laughs> Wait, yeah. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck, bro? And like... I don't know how long, like, work orders take in Camp Half-Blood to get fixed and things to they get They probably built. have to get the, the Hephaestus kids have to go in. They're probably all grumbling, like, <sighs> And they're gonna come out and it's gonna be all made out of celestial bronze because they finally got a reason <laughs> to update their bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And then also, so when Annabeth is talking about how monsters are, like, attracted to more powerful demigods, she mentions that they tend to ignore demigods until they're about 10 or 11, and then all start to attack. And mm -hmm. I want to know why they wait. Like, wouldn't it be so much less work for the monsters to just snuff them out as little babies? I Instead of waiting, do they just want a battle? Like, is it is it a game for them? <laughs> no, I think they can't sense the demigods until they start coming into their powers, which is usually around puberty. Oh, it's like, puberty. Yeah, I think that's why Percy get, has to come earlier than normal to camp because he's a powerful god. So, you know, right. they've been attacking him since he was a baby. They had snakes crawl into his crib Cyclops right. guy hunt him down. They've had things happening since he was a baby because he's more powerful. But like since all the other campers are much older than he is, mm -hmm. I think they all like get found when they're like 13, 14, 15, 16, etc. Because that's when monsters start attacking. And that's when they figure out that they're a demigod too. I, I think, think it's also... like, doesn't, I think it's like 13 or something is what Percy's in the very last book. That's what he's like, they got to be claimed by 13. Oh, yeah, because, like, I think yeah. it's supposed to be, like, they can wait a long time. Mm -hmm. Also, just, like, it's also to, for protection, because if they don't figure it out or they're a little bit slow like Percy is, no offense, <laughs> um, they're not going to believe that they're a demigod and monsters are going to get them before they're even claimed. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah. Also, I think it's yeah. to avoid having like flying babies for mortal moms <laughs> and just like, these all powerful baby beings. Yeah. Though that would be fun. I just think it's one of those things. Like, it makes me think of in Harry Potter. Well, I guess Voldemort couldn't kill Harry as a baby. He tried. <laughs> but it's like, to throw why not just window. kill? Yeah. Why not just try to kill the babies? Like, why do they got to wait till they're older? But I guess if they can't sense them yet, that's that <laughs> imposes a problem on them. They should try harder. Get better noses. Um, just go after every baby. Maybe one of them will be a demigod. Maybe. <laughs> just kill all the babies. All babies. <laughs> yeah. And so the last thing I have, just want to make a note of, at the end of the chapter, Mr. D, when he's, like, giving announcements really apathetically and doesn't care, he casually is like, oh, there's also a new cap camper today, Peter Johnson. And it begins <laughs> the long-standing joke of Mr. D never remembering Percy's name and creating new iterations of Percy Jackson. Which is funny, because he calls him Perseus Jackson in the beginning, like, so it's just him being a dick, which I adore. It's just him being an asshole, yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I, you know, who I pick, always have pictured as him is Danny DeVito. That's so funny. I always imagine, like, a Jack Black. Oh my gosh, I could see that too. Yeah. That's kind of a similar, like, the short guy. Yeah. And also kind of funny. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, similar vibe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even I though they're kind that. of mean, you can you have like an affinity for them so for some reason. Yeah. You sub yeah. for some reason like for some them. Reason. Yeah. No reason yeah. why. Yeah. Nicely done. That's a long chapter. It was a lot. A lot just occurred. Alright, I'll jump into my chapter. Chapter eight is we capture a flag. <laughs> So Percy finally starts feeling a little bit more settled down into his demigod lifestyle. He has daily classes and training. Obviously, Annabeth teaches him ancient Greek, which he actually finds he can read. But the level is like the same as a dyslexic child reading English. So it's still difficult. Mm. It's not immediately natural. Like I, I, in my head, I was like, oh, he's hardwired to read ancient Greek. So reading ancient Greek would be easy versus English is hard. But no, both are hard, which is just doesn't seem oh. fair. Because it's like he's learning a new language. His brain understands it, but still it's like he doesn't know how to read it. Yeah, which I guess. seems like a lose-lose situation, personal <laughs> yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, Chiron tries to teach him archery, but he isn't talented at that either. He's not good at foot racing or <laughs> wrestling. The only thing he is good at, which is canoeing, which isn't even a sport. <laughs> which is very funny. Should have been like another flag of like you're the son of a water god. Like the only thing you can do is water related things, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is watching him is a little bit disappointed and he can feel it because he's not standing out like they expected him to and they were kind of hoping mm-hmm. that he was like the special one or whatever. And Percy starts understanding and empathizing with uh, Luke, Luke's obvious resentment towards the gods since he still hasn't been claimed by his father after spending like it's been a good couple days at camp. Mm-hmm. Luke teaches his cabin, including Percy, how to sword fight. And clearly he's considered to be the champion in the, that field. And he's also like the older kid. So everyone kind of follows him around. He asks Percy to be like his guinea pig, essentially, and demonstrate one of this like sword removing. Oh, what is the word? 
I don't know, but I like your use of guinea pig. Thank you. Thank you. Because um, Percy becomes a guinea pig in the next book. <laughs> I love how they transfer Like, it's guinea pig instead of pig. Sorry, we're jumping ahead. <laughs> Several books. Oh. What is it? Disarm. Oh, my God. Sorry. I just Brain lo- is slow. He's teaching him a disarming trick. And so he just, like, grabs Percy. And Percy kind of mentions to us, the readers, that the, none of the swords he's been practicing with are actually balanced correctly. And mm-hmm. they feel a little bit too heavy or, like, just they don't feel right in his hands. But even with that, he manages to win a duel with Luke and disarm Luke in a burst of energy. He just feels like a rush of adrenaline. Something that was like really interesting during that fight is while they're fighting, Luke has like his, you know, his regular like big brother face on. But as Percy starts winning, Luke's face kind of changes. It becomes like a lot more like twisted and a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that mm-hmm. was interesting because it. Is it something of a resentment because Percy is suddenly good? Or is it more of like, hey, I actually need to concentrate. This kid's not bad. Yeah, so, I don't you know. know. Hmm. Also, why is Percy good? Because he's like, I never thought just, but why specifically a sword? Like, is a sword a Poseidon thing? I don't think so. But I think it's like a trident sword. That kind mm. of weaponry is good. Okay. Or he's got to be skilled at least in one thing if he can't yeah. do anything else. <laughs> and he has to be able to fight. I think of all the things and they face like, okay, sword, there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't have a gun. <laughs> so. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so he's unable to replicate that move and win another like fight with Luke once they try to restart it. Luke's like, show me that again because that was really cool. And Percy can't do it. He doesn't have the energy. He feels the energy kind of drain out of him. And everyone is like, okay, so it was like beginner's luck. But Luke is really impressed and he actually remarks that maybe if like Percy had an actual balanced sword and then this is an untrained Percy, like how good could he be? Mm -hmm. Which isn't, you know, foreshadowing. Grover and Percy do a check-in. It's very cute. They're very cute friends. Like I know we like, you know, been kind of bashing on Grover, but like they're very cute friends. Grover kind of explains that the council, which is headed by Mr. D, has not decided if he's passed or failed in protecting Percy yet. Grover needs to pass on being a protector in order to fulfill his dream of becoming a finder, which they don't elaborate what a finder is yet, but mm-hmm. it's something that Grover really wants to do. So until then, until he passes or he fails, he and Percy are still tethered to each other. And Grover thinks that's going to be forever because... He can't imagine a baby like Percy ever getting to go on a quest and or choosing Grover to accompany him. And Percy comforts his friend and is just like, no, I would totally choose you. You're my best friend. I'd want you to come even though you're not a good protector. And we all, you know, like admire Percy's loyalty, but we kind of agree with Grover a little bit, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Percy asks Grover about the four empty cabins and Grover kind of info dumps a lot of information here. So buckle up. Number eight yes. is empty because of Artemis. She is um, taken a vow of maidenhood. And so obviously, Grover is like, obviously, she can't have kids. And then my favorite quote is one of them, number two, is Hera's. He said, that's another honorary thing. She's the goddess of marriage. So, of course, she won't go around having affairs with mortals. That's her husband's job. Oh. Which is such a <laughs> sick burn. I'm like really surprised that Zeus and Hera don't smite him right then and there which by the way for being such uninvolved kind of assholes these gods they manage to monitor people's conversations and rumble and thunder and lightningy above everyone every time someone says something slightly like heretic you know yeah like they can't claim their kids 
But, you know, if someone calls you ugly, they're gonna strike you down. Yeah, which just seems, like, extra just a dickish, just Mm -hmm. putting that out there. So then Grover explains that the big three are Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon, which is very sexist. But they're the sons of Kronos, so therefore they are the most powerful. And also because, you know, they rule the the sky, the sea, and the underworld, which are important, Mm -hmm. you know, places and then they agreed about 50 years ago 50 years ago not to have any more children after their kiddos kind of started world war ii like they're just too powerful and oops (laughs) i know it's like let's not do that anymore uh the big three's kids are too powerful and they have too strong of auras also so all the monsters come and attack them and they make everyone around them unsafe and then grover tells the story of talia who was zeus's kid 17 years ago Zeus broke the truce, the, what is it, not truce, the promise of not having any children with mortals because he can't control himself. Nope. And they tried to get to camp about five years ago, but had to, she ended up sacrificing herself to protect her friends. And Zeus took pity on her, which is the words that Grover used, which is horrific for a father pity mm-hmm. on her mm-hmm. for dying. And then turned her into the pine tree, which is the pine tree on camp Half-Blood Hill. Or mm-hmm. Half Blood Hill. And Percy kind of drifts off again of thinking of how he, if he had been braver like Talia, um, he could have saved his mom. And then he kind of makes some innocent inquiries about the underworld, and Grover's like, don't even think about it. Which is <laughs> smart. Anyway, so after dinner, we get to the main event, the title of the chapter that's Capture the Flag. So this time, it's Team Athena versus Ares, who are usually the teams with the flags. It changes based off who wins. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of splits up with different, like, shaky truces and alliances, and Hermes Cabins goes off with Athena's. Is uh, it cha- Does it change based on, like, who captures the flag? I think Like, so. which kid? Okay. And I think it's, like, decided upon afterwards as well. Okay. Of, like, who was the most, one who contributed the most. So usually mm. because Ares is the god of war, Athena is the god of war, and also wisdom, mm-hmm. I think that they tend to win. Yes, yeah. would make sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Percy tries to talk to Annabeth because he's like, we're friends, right? And but she's a little bit grumpy and cagey about the bathroom <laughs> incident, and then won't let Percy in on their plan. He, and he's like, you specifically asked me to be on your team, but she's like, no, you're going to guard this small creek here instead. <laughs> and he feels like an absolute idiot. So while you know the game is being played, he's by himself at the creek. It's nighttime. Five Ares warriors, who's led by Clarice, attack Percy. And it's, like, nothing to do with the flock. They want to get back at him for humiliating their cabin with the toilet incident. They basically beat the shit out of Percy with their electrically charged spears and swords and managed to even cut him quite well. That's crazy. Electrically charged spears. How can someone see that and be like, this is going to be an innocent innocent game of Capture the Flag? I just always find it funny that Chiron's always like, try not to die. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it stresses me out. (laughs) Right? How many people died during Capture the Flag? I How often see does those this statistics. happen? I know. <laughs> so they shove him into the creek after he's been beat up quite well, which is like, it's like they haven't learned since the bathroom incident. And in the water, <laughs> Percy suddenly starts feeling more energized and more powerful. And while standing in the water, he manages to actually take down most of the Ares kids. And while he's in a fight with Clarice, Luke actually runs past them with the Ares team flag. And then Clarice kind of realizes that Percy had just been bait. Annabeth reveals to be invisible with 
a magical Yankees cap that she has on and had mm-hmm. been watching Percy the whole time. And she's the only one, like I said, with the brain cell in her hand. <laughs> so she kind of puts it together that Percy is more powerful in the water, pointing out that even his wounds have healed, like the cut that Clarice had made had healed. When he steps out of the water, he also loses his burst of energy and starts feeling weak again. But before she can like fully confirm this and like tell everyone about it, a hellhound attacks the entire camp. Everyone was confused um, how it was able to get into camp because monsters can't get into camp unless they're specifically summoned by someone inside of camp or they're stalked on purpose for games like Capture the Flag. And they're never like hellhounds. They're always like a little bit more muted creatures yes so it attacks percy and manages to injure him pretty badly like with its claws roughing him up uh, before everyone shoots it down with bows and arrows annabeth then uses this incredible learning opportunity to demonstrate (laughs) for the campers that percy can heal in water by making him go and heal in water she's like look everyone (laughs) who could he be (laughs) and while he's in water, before everyone can even react to the fact that he can heal in water, a giant symbol floats above him of a trident, and he's claimed by Poseidon, god of the sea. Which kind of reminded me in my head of, you know, the little diamonds above Sims characters? <laughs> yes, the plum bobs. I, yes, what? The what? The plum bobs. That's what they're called in The Sims, the plum bobs. <laughs> I, know too mu- I know too much about The Sims. <laughs> Okay, anyway, I always imagine that above Percy's head, like a video game just kind of slowly rotating (laughs) to speak over the top. And the gods are like playing The Sims. They're like, we're playing with Percy now. (laughs) So I actually really had only one, (laughs) I only had one thought, head empty. Um, Head empty, one thought. (laughs) For this entire chapter is, and I just would like to discuss it. So... Hades, it was Hades' kids versus Zeus and um, Poseidon's kids in World War II. And it mm-hmm. mentioned that Hades, um, Hades' kids lost. So Hades' kids were Nazis. I think specifically Hitler. It's like, it's not like said directly, but it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? Why am I head empty? No thoughts. <laughs> um, but it's like Im- implied. Implied. Thank yeah, you. Wow. This is yeah. this is where I'm at today. It's implied that Hitler is his kid. And it's mentioned later on, I think when we get like like in the fourth or fifth book, when when Percy gets like he dreams about um like Nico's backstory and, and Nico's mom. I think it's a dream. Yeah. Um, but like Hades implies basically that his kid started World War Two. And I'm like like, maybe you shouldn't have children. Like, that was the smart idea, Zeus and Poseidon. Like, it that was. was messed up. I want to know, like, what major powers were, like, Zeus and Poseidon's kids, though? I would imagine. I'm guessing, like, Poseidon's kids. Mussolini? <laughs> I don't Mussolini's know. is probably also Hades' kid. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, like, Russia was, like... Stalin? Yeah, but you know Stalin is still they were still the the what are the allies? So they yeah they might have been like Zeus's kid. I would believe that. I would believe that. And then Poseidon's kids like FDR and Winston yeah. Churchill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can. I would believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, they're not as bad as Nazis, but, like, they're not great either. They're not <laughs> great people. Like, don't feel so good about yourself, Zeus and Poseidon. <laughs> but still, like, Nazis, like, yikes. Which is, like, Hades is not supposed to be evil. He's just supposed to be the ruler no. of the underworld. So, like, yeah, the idea all the of, kids... Like, we don't meet many children of, of Hades throughout the series. One. There's, like, yeah. well, Nico, Bianca, and then Hazel later on. But they're yeah, all, but like, he's... very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, like, Percy is, like, very powerful and, you know, son of Poseidon. But yeah, it's, like, chill. Like He's a nice he, guy. He's just trying to, you know, fight because he's supposed to. He's yeah. not, you know, causing any genocides. <laughs> Good for him. I know. <laughs> the right, bar so. is low. <laughs> All right. So, Aaron, you've got another long one. Do you want to start us off for Chapter 9? Yes, indeed. Chapter 9. I am offered a quest. So that's kind of a big a big name there. It's also a bit lame compared to the others. It's also kind of like, okay, spoiler. I guess we knew he was going to get one because... He's the protagonist. He's the protagonist. <laughs> what else is he going to do? Just ride a canoe the whole book? No. God, that would be... I would read that book. I would read a book about Percy just riding his canoe yeah. and being like, why am I good at this? <laughs> All right. So this chapter nine begins as Percy is promptly moved into cabin three, Poseidon's cabin. He gets the whole place to himself and with his one belonging, the Minotaur's horn, <laughs> a set of spare clothes and a toiletry bag. That's all he's got. And he's miserable. He's there all alone. And now that he's officially a child of the big three, everyone is treating him differently and avoiding him. Which I think is kind of a weird move because I don't know if it was me, like if someone came to camp, I'd want to get on their good side. Like someone that powerful, I'd be like, I'm gonna get on Sea God Boy's good side. I mean, to be fair, the last child of the big three was Hitler, so. No, it was Talia and she was turned oh, that's into true. a tree. I forgot. <laughs> I think they're all just nervous that if they're around him, he's going to attract all these monsters. Like, he, isn't it like they think that he is the reason the Hellhound was even able oh, to Oh, that's come true. In? Yeah. 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 They blame him for that. So they're probably afraid that a monster will attack. But I don't know. I feel like that's kind of worth it. Like, I would want to be on his good side. I wouldn't want... I don't know. You don't know. So what we're hearing right now is that Aaron would want to be on Hitler's good side. No! <laughs> <laughs> that's a... Ch okay. Okay. <laughs> Getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, mm. I'd want to befriend Percy. I would. I'm not saying Hitler. I'm just saying like, Percy seems like a nice guy, and he's alarmingly mm. powerful. You mm -hmm. want to be on his good side. He's a mm -hmm. good ally. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the only people that are still hanging out with him are Luke and Annabeth. Luke is sword training him, which is now one-on-one -on -one because everyone's afraid to come to sword practice where Percy is at. Annabeth is teaching him Greek in the morning, although she's really reluctant about it because she's now treating Percy like he's dirt. And every time, like, they kind of stop talking, she just starts muttering to herself and says, quote, quest, Poseidon, dirty rotten, gotta make a plan. So she's clearly, she doesn't like Percy right now. And she's he's just like. She's a loser, God. I love her. Gotta make a plan. Dirty I, love her. I love her. <laughs> Percy's having a rough time. 
And it gets worse because via newspaper article, who someone left in his cabin, and I want to know who the heck did that to him. That's so mean. Someone left a newspaper just on his, like, front porch or something. And he learns that himself and his mom are making headlines after they disappeared. And Smelly Gabe is quoted in the article trying to make Percy look like he's a suspect. So Percy is really, he just, he wants to go home. But he can't because, you know, there's monsters and also now, right now, for the time being, his mother is not alive. That night, he has what he describes as his worst dream yet. He is running along the beach in a storm in a city with lots of palm trees and low hills, which, you know, LA. He sees two men fighting on the surf and he thinks that he needs to stop them, but the wind keeps blowing him back. And one of the men is yelling, give it back, give it back. And then the ground shakes and an evil laughter beckons him from underneath and is like calling to him. And then the ground opens up and he falls. And then he wakes up. So it's kind of the same dream he had in like chapter three, but like worse. And so when Percy wakes up the next morning, it is dark and stormy outside and Percy's like, it's gonna be raining. And Grover is waiting for Percy outside and says that Mr. D wants to see him. And Percy's like, should we get an umbrella? <laughs> <laughs> and Grover's like, no, no, it'll pass over Camp Half-Blood, it never rains here. But Grover looks a little worried because there's like, like it's it's an abnormal amount of storm clouds and Percy isn't so sure. Percy's kind of like, with my luck, it'll start raining here. Y'all said monsters weren't here and a hellhound was here yesterday, like. Clearly you guys don't know shit, but continue. Yeah, yeah. or he's like, I'm cursed. And like, <laughs> That's true too. So he goes to meet Mr. D and Chiron, and Mr. D is not having it with Percy. He's like, you brought trouble to this camp. I want my job to be easy. He wants to turn Percy into a dolphin, but Chiron's like, no. <laughs> Wait, is Mr. D like, why a dolphin? I don't know. I was like, that's kind of a nice thing to do to the son of the sea god, at least. Like, at least make him a water animal, you know? Maybe that's why, like, you won't offend Poseidon, because it's still technically a child of the sea. Yeah, it's an offering. I don't know, maybe, yeah. I mean, Percy, maybe Percy should have taken him up on this offer right now, because <laughs> life might have lot. been a little easier. Yeah. yeah. Just for him, though, everyone else would have suffered. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so Chiron, instead of going with Mr. D's number one plan of turning Percy to a dolphin, <laughs> offers Percy a quest, which seems like very easy, considering like yesterday, Luke was telling Percy that no one's been on a quest in two years. Apparently it wasn't that hard to get one if you just, you know, attract hellhounds and get accused of things by the gods. So speaking of getting accused, Chiron tells Percy that Zeus and Poseidon are fighting over a stolen lightning bolt, which Percy laughs at. He thinks this sounds stupid. It's still um, stupid. No matter what they say, they're still, it's still going to be stupid. That's true. Mm -hmm. So Chiron clarifies that it's Zeus's master bolt, <laughs> which I would still laugh at. That mm -hmm. sounds stupid. Sorry, Zeus. Don't like curse me for saying that. <laughs> it's gone missing, and apparently Zeus blames Percy for its disappearance. <sighs> it's a convenient out. Like, okay, have you checked under the couch? Like, I know. Just like, like actually he... spend some time looking for it, Zeus. Yeah. 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 Because convenient out. it turns out that Poseidon, so Poseidon and Zeus got in a fight way back before the winter solstice, and then the next day, Zeus's lightning bolt was missing. 
and Zeus thinks that Poseidon did it. But apparently there's a god code that they all follow, which is kind of funny because they follow- they're gods. Why do they have to follow rules? But apparently, like, you can't usurp another god's symbol of power. So he thinks that Poseidon put someone up to it, and since Percy is Poseidon's kid, he's like, it was Percy. Despite the fact that this happened at the winter solstice and Percy had no idea he was a demigod, he hadn't been claimed, and he was chilling at Yancey Academy at that point. Zeus is not the god of big brains, remember that. No, he, yeah. well, Athena did spring from his mind, so maybe she, like, took everything there was, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, he has one thought, and it's to get down and dirty with mortals. <laughs> Yeah, and then and to get his lightning bolt back, I that's guess. That's true. That's two thoughts. Okay, that's more than most yeah. people. Couple bouncing around in there. Yeah. And the gods are too stubborn to just talk it out and like reason and be like, hey, well, Percy, my son, was at Yancey Academy and Zeus could be like, hmm, who else could have done it? Who was here at the winter solstice? But mm. no, he just wants to fight. <laughs> that's so pretty accurate. Yeah, men. And so it turns out Percy needs to go find where that bolt is. That's his quest. And Percy's like, I didn't take it. And they're like, well, you need to find it because it'll be like a symbol of like a truce. If you go find that bolt and you give it back to Zeus, it'll like hopefully repair that rift between Zeus and Poseidon. It'll take the blame from Percy. And Percy seems like this is a, thinks that this is a lot of work to do for something he didn't do and has nothing to do with, but alas. Oh, so Percy is then sent to consult the Oracle for more direction, who resides at the top of the big house. So Percy says he climbs up the stairs into her room and it smells like mildew, rotten wood, and reptiles, which is delicious. Like they could have like furnished and like finished the attic, made it really cozy, added some beanbags, but like they had to just make it as creepy as possible, didn't they? Like, even though she's de a dead mummy, like, you could have given her, like, a nice space. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she would have worked on herself a little more, you know? <laughs> um, Put and some so moisturizer on. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> God. So she's a mummy wearing a tie-dye dress. <laughs> which I love for her, beaded necklaces and a headband over long black hair. So she's just like a classic hippie, yeah. but dead. And her face is leathery over her skull, her eyes glassy white slits. And then Percy's just kind of looking at her like, what am I supposed to do with this mummy? Because she doesn't move. anywhere with instructions. Like, they're gonna be like, hey, this is exactly what's gonna happen. This is what you're gonna experience. Let us know if you have any questions or concerns. Thank you so much. Warmest regards. No, they just send yeah. him in there and like, good luck. Yeah, I guess it's all it's all a learning experience for him. Or maybe they don't know what to do. <laughs> maybe Chiron's like, oh, yeah. yeah. They don't know what they're doing. So she's not moving. Nothing's happening. He's like, uh. And then suddenly her voice speaks in his ear and says, I am the spirit of Delphi, speaker of the prophecies of Phoebus Apollo, slayer of the mighty Python. Approach seeker and ask. Is and Percy Apollo says the that slayer of the python, or is Delphi yes, the Apollo's the slayer of the python. Oh, okay, which is actually a major plot point in Trials of Apollo. So, okay, so you're telling me I have to read Trials of Apollo? Yeah, I'm on the. I'm almost done with the second book right now. Oh, you tore through that. I I am. They're actually really funny. 
Like, I was surprised. I think I had low expectations because every book that, like, Percy's not the narrator, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyways, so Percy wants to say, no thanks, wrong door, just looking for the bathroom. <laughs> but instead he asks, what is my destiny? Which is like a big jump from what he wants to say. Kudos to Percy. I know. And then he gets a prophecy, which I am going to read from the book. Oh, also, the mist like swirls around him and suddenly he sees like men sitting around a table and one of them is Gabe, which I think is really odd. And like Gabe is the one that speaks the prophecy. And his friends. So that's weird. Anyway, the so the Oracle slash Gabe and his poker friends say, You shall go west and face the god who has turned. You shall find what was stolen and see it safely returned. You shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend, and you shall fail to save what matters most in the end. Ugh, I do, like, as, as stupid as they are, I do love a good prophecy. I will have to, like, talk about it as the things happen that the prophecy foretells. Yeah. Because they always have double meanings and such. Yes. <sighs> Love it. I so, remember when I reread it, like, a couple days ago, I was like, okay, like, going line by line and trying to figure out what it matched mm -hmm. up to, because I know how it, the book ends. So she reads those four lines, and then, well, she slashed the men at the poker table, and then they all dissolve. And then he's like, what do you mean? What friend? I like that that's what he fixes, fixates on. And then he says, like, what will I fail to save? And the mist all disappears, and sh the mummy goes back against the wall, and her mouth closes, and it's very clear that she's done for the night. She's <laughs> like, it's all you get, kid. Well, <laughs> my favorite thought is, like, do you think he's, like, fixating on the friend thing because he has one friend, and he's yes. like, okay, Grover's going to betray me, or do you think he's, like, excited because he's about to make more friends because it's not going to be Grover? I think this point percy considers like annabeth and luke to be his friends too oh, but i think that's, that's so just because they're they're the only two he will talk to him yeah that's true <laughs> i don't know does is chiron a friend to him i don't know <laughs> mr Definitely v is not likes him that's true yeah which is kind of funny that percy's like so worried about that because i'm like percy you have like three friends <laughs> figure it out yeah. <laughs> like it's, at least you don't have a huge pot of friends to worry about i know <laughs> and so once it's clear that his audience with the oracle is over he goes back downstairs and he consults with chiron and grover chiron heavily implies that this god in the west talked about in the prophecy is hades so chiron's reigning theory right now is that hades sent a minion to steal the master bolt at the a winter minion. solstice okay a nice. minion he says he says minion i think or maybe i just wrote that that would be a me thing i'm just imagining like the minion from Despicable Me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the little yellow. Hades would control those minions. Right. <laughs> that's actually all that's in the underworld. He's just, just a bunch giant, of like, minions. <laughs> I hate them so much. Okay, continue. Oh. Sorry. His theory is that Hades sent a dominion <laughs> to steal the Master Bolt and hid it in the underworld to create tension between Zeus and Poseidon. Because Chiron thinks that Hades would use this as an opportunity because Hades kind of got the short end of the deal like when they divided up what each of the three brothers gets. Zeus got sky, Poseidon got water, and Hades got stuck underground with the dead people. Um, so Chiron's like, obviously Hades is trying to cause a divide so he can gain power. And Percy's listening, but in his head, he's like, doesn't really care about all of this. He's just seeing this as an opportunity to go to the underworld and get his mom back. 
<laughs> I know, but he doesn't say that out loud because yeah. then they would probably be like, you're staying home. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Grover is there with Percy and Percy can tell Grover's super anxious about what this entails, you know, like going to see the Lord of the Dead. So Percy tells Grover that he doesn't have to go, but Grover puts on a brave face and says he will if Percy wants him to. So Percy's like, of course I want you to, which is... <laughs> Grover's literally like passed out during every fight they've had. Percy's <laughs> like, you're my number one! <laughs> oh, Percy's very prepared for this quest. He's I like, know. yes, I will take a goat that is really anxious and then we'll see who his second companion is, but it's a child. <laughs> yeah. So Grover takes that slot and then Chiron tells them that the entrance to the underworld is in Los Angeles, naturally. Of course. <laughs> it's in Hollywood, which I find very hilarious. Percy's like, okay, what do we do, fly? And Chiron's like, no, because they need to go on ground because Chiron's like, Percy, have you ever flown in a plane? And Percy's like, well, no. And Chiron basically tells him that he should never go on a plane because Zeus will just yeet him out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I and also love how Chiron's like, have you ever been on a plane, Percy? And Percy's like, no, Chiron, I'm poor. What I do you know. want from me? <laughs> I know. Poor Percy. Chiron tells Percy that he can have one other companion because apparently quests all need three people. And I just like to read, I love this scene in the chapter. So Chiron says, two companions may accompany you. Grover is one. The other has already volunteered if you will accept her help. Gee, I said, feigning surprise, who else would be stupid enough to volunteer for a quest like this? The air shimmered behind Chiron. Annabeth became visible, stuffing her Yankees cap into her back pocket. I've been waiting a long time for a quest, seaweed brain, she said. Athena is no fan of Poseidon, but if you're going to save the world, I'm the best person to keep you from messing up. Which, I just love the fact that she is just standing there invisibly. <laughs> And then comes out ready to fight. She's like, is oh. she, is she always hanging out in the big house, invisible, spying? Yes. She doesn't have any friends, Erin. Yeah. This is how yeah. she spends her time. This is how she spends her time. It's amazing. I love her. Also, like, what a high, like, what a twelve-year-old thing to be is being like, my mom doesn't like your dad, so therefore <laughs> we cannot be friends. Yep. And then she's like, but I want to use you to go on a quest, so. Yeah, like, I have to put my parents' <sighs> differences aside for you. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's so petty. Mm. There they have it, a trio, ready for the first quest in two years. A anxious goat, a 12-year-old who has n has never, like, literally found out he's a demigod two days ago, and then another 12-year-old that likes to hang out with teachers. So. Um, <laughs> ideal trio. The ideal trio. And mm -hmm. yeah, they're going to get up to their shenanigans. So are you ready for um, Zeus's lightning bolt round questions? I've written some questions for you. Yes, I am ready. Okay. So gods aside, ignore powers and how it means it's your parent and whatever. What aesthetic cabin are you into out of the ones that we kind of described? Mm, I feel like we didn't describe enough of them. I mean, honestly, like based on how they're described earlier, I think like I love the Athena aesthetic of how it's like literally a bunch of library bookshelves inside of it. Mm -hmm. I also think... I like the aesthetic of Demeter's cabin, like all the plants, but I think that, like, I'm very far from a child of Demeter because I don't, I can't, I have, like, I don't have a green thumb. Mm. Um, 
the all of the plants in my apartment are Mike's responsibility. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a plant person. Mm. So I would not be a child of Demeter, but I think I would enjoy to like hang out in that cabin with all the plants. And I take the books like from Athena's cabin. <laughs> so you're combining and cabins then, and you're basically breaking the rules right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, what aesthetic are you into of all of them? Oh, 100% Demeter's. Okay, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Especially because um, I love plants. Also, just because Poseidon, so Zeus's cabin looks pretentious AF. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in there. No, Hera's too. Uh, mm-hmm. Artemis, maybe. I feel like he'd be too moonlight goofy Ooh. for me. I actually might be into Artemis's. I always wanted to be, like, when I started learning about Greek mythology, I wanted to be a child of Artemis, but then I was like, she doesn't have children, and I was like, dang it. (laughs) Yeah, Huntress instead, yeah. Yeah. But, like, it just feels too emo middle school vibes of, like, I'm into wolves, (laughs) and also the moon. No, thank you. Poseidon's (laughs) feels kind of like a white suburban mom who has a beach house. Oh my gosh, that's so true. It's her beach house. It's her beach house. With um, the like sand in your toes signs. <laughs> the best place to be is with sand in your toes. There's too many signs that like variations of live, love, laugh, but with sand somehow. Yeah, and anchors. Yeah, too much. No, thank you. The others are just like, I don't know. They just don't do it for me. Aries seems mm-hmm. very violent. I'd be afraid Athena's, of that. Yeah, Athena's is fine, like library, but I don't want to live at the library. I did oh, that I all would. throughout college. I don't want to do that <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Demeter's, Demeter's, Demeter's. Demeter. Def, the, definitely <laughs> the, the one that I'm vibing for. I like that one. Good choice. Okay, so what heroic way would you want to be claimed? Would it be Ooh. like in front of everyone else? Would it be kind of like a private between you and maybe like two other people? Would it be what way would it go i mean i feel like i'd want it in front of everyone so people knew i was claimed and i wasn't just like saying i was claimed (laughs) they're like sure aaron and i'm like i "I swear i think the sim plum bob plum bob is that what you called it plum bob yep yeah Mm -hmm. it would just like hover on on top of you until everyone had acknowledged it (laughs) (laughs) everyone's like nice nice yeah But I do think it would be really funny to be claimed just, like, after something. Like, not after, like, a big, like, physical heroic thing, but after just, like, saying something funny or smart. And, like, God's like, this is mine. And I'd be like, see? I have great ideas. You trip and fall, and the God's like, yeah, that's mine. That one's mine. I mean, my sense of story would love that I'm just suddenly all powerful and just like slice open 10,000 monsters oh, yeah. by myself and I'm glowing my eyes are glowing and like I just get like the plum bob in my in the air <laughs> but it'd also be again really funny if I'm just like eating a piece of food and something's right? like, like mine <laughs> <laughs> that one's mine that's my favorite meal <laughs> <laughs> I want it to, to be sacrificed to me Ooh, I would love if I got claimed while I was, like, going off about something. Like, if I was, you know, like, on a soapbox and telling someone they're being a terrible person, standing up to, like, a Clarice, and then they claimed me, and I'd be like, see, even the gods agree, you suck. (laughs) That would be very satisfying. Thank you. All right, so last episode, you said you had to capture the flag story you wanted to say. I think this is I the do. chapter you have to tell it because I don't actually have a lot of memory of it. So what you... Okay, okay. So I've always really enjoyed Capture the Flag because I like being sneaky. And I remember this one story. 
specifically, it was me and you teamed up in high school. We were like at someone's birthday who had a really big yard and we were playing capture the flag. And I remember we divided into like boys versus girls. So gender binary of us. Mm. And we like split the yard up. But I remember me and you concocted a plan because we spotted where they hid their flag. And it was like on the outskirts of the yard that was their part. And I remember like, I was just like, I'm going to sneak to get that flag. You need to distract them. And so you were just like, okay. And then I remember you like ran over and you were like causing chaos and you ended up getting captured. But I remember I like snuck up behind all the bushes and because like I'm so small, no one could see me. And they like were all just like walking by me and I was just hiding behind a bush. And then I took the flag and then I walked back behind all the bushes and you were like in jail. And then I just like popped up on the other side and I had the flag and I was like, sup. And we were like, yeah losing our minds yeah i remember that as like my reigning moment of power i remember they got back at us though because we went to play laser tag and they completely destroyed us oh (laughs) yeah i was so i'm so not good at laser tag i i don't have good aim no i couldn't be i would not be an archer in the uh (laughs) In this world, uh, not being an archery or like if they used guns, not my not my style. Think how much faster the series would have gone if they could use planes and guns. Oh right, yeah, yeah especially planes. Like Percy not being able to fly. Like if he could have just hopped on a flight to LA. Oh my god, he has to like <laughs> go by foot and travel. Like my god, it's so yeah. long. Yeah, would have been so much easier if he could have just hopped a flight. Mm. I love Capture the Flag though. I could do without it. It's always like. <laughs> Oh, I just have memories of being in elementary school and like the boys just being taller oh my gosh. than me and just like in elementary school too. So like that tells you that I was not tall ever in my life. Yeah. <laughs> elementary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember I would always use the stupid boys to my advantage though <laughs> in elementary because like I was like the, I, I, I would say I was like the shy kid, but looking back, I don't think I was shy. I just had anxiety, but <laughs> <laughs> I like was like the the well behaved child, and whenever we'd play like capture the flag at recess and stuff, like the boys would would always be all loud and like make a run for it and make a whole spectacle of it, of getting captured. And I remember I'd always just casually walk across the line, and like pretend to be on the other side, and then like try to casually take the thing. That's the way to go. Mm-hmm. That is our super long chapter. So. Next week, what do we got? Chapters 10 through 12? Yes, I yes. think we finally get to start the quest and kind of see a little yes. bit of a friction between Annabeth and Percy's personalities, which mm. is always fun. Mm-hmm. I love a good personality friction. I also love that any, everyone around them is like, oh, you guys are so cute. And they're like, what are you talking about? We hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Just give it a couple okay. years. Yep. And I just love how Grover is just like, please stop arguing. <laughs> in, in tears already. He's like, you guys. <laughs> All right. So tune in next week for yes. episode. <laughs> yes. And do not forget to follow us on social media at Camp Half Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And email us your thoughts, your lightning bolt questions any discourse you might have in the Percy Jackson universe we want to hear it so email us at camphalfpod at gmail.com give us great shining reviews and ratings wherever you listen to your podcasts alright bye bye bye